Well, today we're uh, we're down to moving kind of slowly, about two or three verses each each time through the Philippians here. So today we're going to talk about preaching Christ. I want to go back and just look at what, uh, what Roy did last week, which I thought was great. I'm going to use, uh, actually, I'm going to use the Weiss translation, and then actually his um, Weiss also, besides his translation, has a additional volumes that he has on certain books of scripture. And so they're, they're very helpful too. It, it actually is very helpful to have them electronically. So I'm, I know I talked to Bob here about that and uh, I'm not, I'm not in the business of selling Weiss, but he's just been a blessing to me. So I, I tell people about it as I, so actually doing that, I'm able to take some of his comments and, and put them in the presentation. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get started here. Uh, so today, uh, we're we'll doing verses 15 through 17. So let's go back and, okay. So last week's verses. So let's just look. The first one was in verse 12. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So I was really, um, as Roy went through that last week, I just thought it was so neat. I, I really like what Weist had done in the trans, translation, particularly with this word, word for progress. And I'm not really good at pronunciation here, but I propopay, something like that. Yeah, I, I did advancement, or literally it's a cut, it's to cut before. And we had just an outstanding description of that word, that Greek word. And so here it is. It's in parts here. So it was use of an, of an army of pioneer woodcutters. I never actually realized there was such a thing as pioneer woodcutters, but whatever which preceded the regular army, I guess it must be for military, I'm assuming, rose through an impenetrable forest, thus making mm-hmm. possible the pioneering advancement of the of the latter into regions where otherwise it could not be have gone. So what Weiss has done, he takes that idea of that word proptope, and he and he adds it to his or he incorporates it in his his translation, and here's how it comes out. We saw it last week. The last part of 12, 12b says, And these things which are holding me down have come to result rather in the pioneering advancement of the good news. So he's basically saying, and we, as we talked last week, about how God's word got to go into places where, it, because of his imprisonment, just the opposite of what you think, it got to go into places where it never would have gone before. Uh, and we're going to see that shortly when we review the other, other verses. But this pioneering advancement of, of the good news of the gospel, just, you know, just incredible. So it's uh, just the opposite of what man would think. And as I kind of looked through what we did last week and this week, it just uh, it just is astounding how God uses things that man thinks are, are impossible or are going to be for, for detriment. He'll use them for the good. And he did that certainly in his imprisonment. Okay, so now the next verse we from last week, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard to ev- and to everyone else. So we see here. Um, uh, so we it was recognized. They recognized my shackles, my imprisonments are because of Christ, and that was kind of. I think we spent some time talking about that. You know, you read that in the, uh, kind of the New American Standard, and it seems like well. It, the cause of Christ, yeah, we just kind of squeaked by, you know. Uh, his imprisonment was because that was his will. That was God's will in Paul's life, that to be um, to get the gospel out. So kind of the opposite of what we would think. 
And the other thing that struck me about this was that it was not just some of the Praetorian Guard. It was the whole Praetorian Guard and then everyone else. And I, I did, I looked a little bit up about the Praetorian Guard and Constable was quoting someone, I think Robertson, and said that there were originally in Rome 10,000 Praetorian Guards and they were specially trained men. That was, a, it was a position that you, if you were a soldier, you wanted to have that position. And, and it, you know, and their job doesn't sound too inviting and being shackled to prisoners. But um, anyway, they were a select group. And so the whole Praetorian Guard, wow, heard the gospel. That's just, just amazing. And he said that everyone else. So it just, so this seeming, uh, the seeming tragedies, our brother Hal would say that, man, the seeming tragedies of life, and we all have them. They seem like a tragedy, but God has a purpose in everything in a believer's life. So if you have comments or additional thoughts, uh, uh, just let me know. And then 14 from last week, and most of the brethren trusting the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the, the word of God without fear. So I just took some other parts of the from Weist here. Ha- having been influ- influenced by the like the gentle persuasion of my shackles to take the steps of confidence. And then the last part are more are more abundantly bold, fearlessly breaking their silence and speaking the word of God. So we're going to see this as we move into 15 through 7. We're going to see how we're going to see there were two camps, and if you've read ahead, you already know there's going to be two groups of believers, and they're actually believers as best we can tell, two believers, but they had different motivations. Sad to say that we can have believers that have motivations that aren't in line with what God would have them do. So we're going to see that. So now we're going to go into any of the thoughts about these verses from last week. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into this week. Well, Okay, so here's here's this week's. So this kind of continues on. So now he's going to talk about this this brethren. He says, some to be sure are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. So you already see there's, and it's going to use the idea of the sum, in my translation, it's the sum or other, or other issues, other translations. The sum, some do this and some do that. Some, some are doing it out of goodwill. Some are doing it out of envy and strife. And you think, wow, that's terrible. Why would believers do things out of envy and strife? Well, I have a really cool thing at the end here I want to show you that, uh, Macaulay that he kind of uh, points out about, you know, and actually studying Romans in the main service, we see why believers, even though they're believers, can do things that are not honoring to God. They can walk in the flesh and do things that are not not Christ-like. Okay, so we're going to jump into these guys here. Verse 1, some to be sure are preaching Christ. So the main thrust of this is some are preaching Christ. Okay. And so who are the some? And I think from then Weist has it, uh, certain ones. So from the previous verse, we know it, if you, you know, look at the near context, it's brethren. So some of those brethren, uh, are, pre- some, some to be sure are preaching Christ. And he's going to go into the two different groups here right after this. 
So preaching is this word to preach, to herald, to proclaim. And it's in the present tense. And that what that means is that it's they're continually doing that continuous action. They're continually, it's wonderful that they're continually preaching Christ. That's just wonderful. And uh, several verses that use the same word in the in the original language. Just really exciting verses. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jew a stumbling block, to the Gentiles foolishness. Then another one in Second Corinthians. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. So those two verses use the same word here, proclaiming or preaching. And so the next we're going to see, the last part of this verse, verse 15, we're going to see the two motivations. There's going to be one, uh, uh, a negative motivation, a, ba- a bad motivation, and then a good motivation. Okay. All right. So, okay, the first one, the, f- the first sum, and he calls them the sum here. The first sum here, do it from envy and strife. So we're going to look at the definition of those words in the original language and, and go from there. And, and, it, and it's even from, or you could say it's because, because of. So they're preaching Christ because of envy and strife. So you ought to think about, if you're a good Bible student, you ought to think about, have you read about any group of people that Paul's encountered in his ministries that were kind of against him? Anybody have any ideas about who those who those people might be? If you look through Corinthians, you look at like his whole ministry. Who who was he? Who was his? Uh, he was constantly uh, interchanging with these people. <laughs> Judaizers. Okay, good, good. Well, you, you're you're if you since you said that you're in good company. In looking, I looked through the different commentators and. There was only one. I only I used three. I used Weiss and Macaulay and Constable. And Weiss was the only one that picked up on that and said, well, you know, these guys that are are uh, doing this envy and strife that, you know, I think this this is the Judaizers. That that that's a group of people. They're very envious because they want to preach Christ. They want you to become a Jew. They want you to follow the Jewish traditions. You just can't become a Christian. You got to go through the, the Jewish porthole, so to speak. So Weiss was the only one that picked up on that. I thought that was really interesting. So let's carry on here. I'm going to get ahead of myself. So envy is the idea. It's it's displeasure. It's when you see what someone else uh, getting a good thing, and you say, well, they got a, a new car. They got a new house. They got a new boat. They got a new whatever. And and you're displeased about it. But it's, it even goes beyond that. And buying kind of brings it across. It's a desire to – it's not only you're envious of that, but you want to deprive them of that. That's even that's even worse. You don't want them. So these people were envious of Paul, and they didn't want to see that he's succeeding. Even in prison, he's succeeding. That's pretty pretty, pretty sad. Uh, and actually, but, but here here's the sad news. Envy, if you look in Galatians there, which ties very much into our what we're doing in the main service in Romans, it talks about that's a deed of the flesh. So I'm sorry to say that we as believers can be doing the deeds of the flesh and we're not walking with Christ. So we can be do we can be engaging in envy. I think we're honest with ourselves. We we may do that sometimes. Uh, and then carrying on, here's another place where um envy shows up in Titus. For we also once were foolish ourselves. Now this is speaking about 
uh, and Titus looking back before we once were, so before they were believers. So it, it occurs, uh, you know, envy occurs before we're believers. And unfortunately, even believers can do that. It occurs in both, in scripture, in both places. For we once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Pretty sad list there. Okay, so that's that's envy. So now we're going to move to the the next one, which is that they're not, not only envious, but they want to they want to do something about it. They want to stir things up, and that's what strife, quarrels, especially rivalries. And, you, and boy, this really kind of came across. That's what the that's what the Judaizers are about. They they, you know, oh Paul, brother Paul, you've got it. You've got to do the. You know, you got to follow the law. You got to do this. You got you got to do that. You had to do all these things. They, that's what they were about. Okay. Again, strife is another deed of the flesh. So believers can can be involved in strife. And then Titus uh, talks about it. Uh, but avoid uh, foolish controversies and strife and disputes about the law. So so here's the, here's some comments from Weist. He's and he calls them the group the the one group of the sum preached because they were envious of Paul and were at odds with him. And the second comment is, they preached Christ, but their real objective was to adhere to the law. They're all about, well, Paul, that's fine. You can become a believer in Christ, but you gotta, you got to follow the law. That's And we see that in Galatians. We, we taught that several years ago here. Galatians is just full of that. That's what the Judaizers were about. So I've been, I don't know, any thoughts, comments? Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, uh, uh, he, all throughout Paul's uh, missionary journeys, uh, the Jews were envious of his prominence. Oh, they were. They were envious of, of all, all the people that were following him and were get, you know, going over to his side, basically. Exactly. You know? So uh, that's what uh, Constable says. They were envious of Paul's prominence and were striving with their fellow believers for selfish reasons. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's the one group we're going to see. And then we're going to see on the other side, there's another group. And I thought Weiss did a really good job. This is where I, he really shined, in my my opinion. So that that's a that's a group that do it out of and they're preaching Christ. They're apparently preaching Christ truthfully. And Macaulay's going to kind of point that out. There, it doesn't seem like Paul says no. They're giving a a false gospel. He, in fact, in 18, we're going to see next week. He commends them. He says, I don't care. If Christ is preached, whether you had good motives, bad motives. Because he was still validating their teaching, but the Gospels could still be taught, even with a sin nature. Yeah, I know. We, men can do it out of the wrong reasons, but as long as Christ, as Christ is glorified, then that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's what 18, we'll see 18 next week. Hey, Roger. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there were probably several churches in Rome before Paul ever got there. Paul even desired to get to Rome right, he did. to make sure that they were preaching, uh, you know, the right doctrine. Right. Uh, and so he, here's several preachers. And once Paul gets there as a prisoner, right. then all these preachers are thinking, hey, maybe I'm the I'm going to be the leader now. Yeah, well, he's in prison. Well, and they take it. We're going to say they take advantage of the situation. It's like. Well, my adversary is in jail now. I mean, we you, you look at the political scene today, you think things haven't changed one bit. 
<laughs> not one bit. We put people in jail. We do all kinds of things. And even, even in uh, Corinth, they had a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, some were of Apollos, some were right. of Peter, uh, some were of Paul, some were of Christ. Right. Uh, there is divisions there. Exactly. Exactly. That's good, Bob. That's good. Okay. That's great. Okay. All right. So let's go on to the, <clears throat> to the good guys. <laughs> the, the second sum, I call them, <clears throat> but some also from goodwill. So let's look at some words here. It's literally they, <clears throat> they were preaching Christ from goodwill. And, and that's the motivation that God desires, right? You preach it according to, to, to his, you know, to, according to the spirit. So goodwill is this word, uh, <clears throat> you know, kia, good pleasure. It's from a word to please or favor. And I have a couple of places it shows up here. And Philipp we're going to see it later in a couple of months. <clears throat> Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then in Ephesians. And so this is the same word just used in this verse. <clears throat> uh, goodwill. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. So, and I just, this is kind of a, you know, it's an easy, easy question. I mean, the source, what's to be the source of our, of everything we do in our life as a believer, right? It, it's, it's Christ's life. It's to be Christ working through us. The, the source of this goodwill is, is to be Christ. Roger. So, so that was 15. Go ahead. Other thing. Yeah, Roger, I was just thinking of the emphasis here. Isn't it uh, very strong on fellowship or partnership with Paul? Um, the goodwill would be a manifestation of that partnership. That they're joining him now because of the progress of the gospel uh, being evident. And they wanted just to be a part of that with him in partnership. I think that's the emphasis here, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right, Roy. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they were preaching it from. So I have a. We'll see a little bit more along this line. <clears throat> we're going to see them. You saw this: the two camps here, so to speak, the two sums, the two others, and then we're going to see that repeat again with some additional characteristics here. Okay. But how do you tell the difference? Say again. If you. If you're out in the audience, how do you tell the difference if they're preaching out of Indian well, strength? Well, actually, that's that's kind of Paul's, <clears throat> we're going to see that in, in verse 18. He's going to say, well, you know, their internal motivation, you can't look at a man's heart, right? You can't look inside his heart. If he, and, and, Paul, and Paul's going to say, well, I'm God, if God is glorified, if they're preaching the truth, then their motivations, that's not good, but I've... It's the most important thing is that Christ is preached. That's what he's yeah, Roger, just yeah. that verse in Romans comes to mind, I think, uh, really fits here, that the gospel, the good news, is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. That's what, that's, he, that's what he's rejoicing about. Right. No, I agree. That's why he rejoiced. He said even, and and that's why, we, that's why I think he penned these verses to say, because some people are going to say, well, those... Those Judaizers, you know, they're preaching Christ, but they're they're the bad guys. And and, and we kind of see it. Think about today. Think about the Christian landscape today, right? So if you see a brother or a sister and they're saying things, and you, and you know, 
their background, their denomination, or whatever you think. Well, those that denomination has a lot of wrong things. But if Christ is preached according to what Paul's saying here, praise the Lord. We're, we're thankful for that. That's what. But then you run into people that have gone to these churches, but yet that's where they were saved. And through the song, so you, I know. You know, yeah. you got to think of that. Well, it seems like I, actually, yeah. Bonnie and I talk about this sometimes. God is so gracious that that no matter where you at in your Christian walk, so to speak, it's almost like, especially in this country, there's a church for you, right? I mean, <laughs> how many churches you have? So many. It's a, it, it, this is just the opposite of almost any other country in the world. We have so many churches now. You could say, well, Roger, a lot of those churches are they? You know, you have some serious problems with those, some of those churches. But if Christ is preached and people are saved, then, you know, we praise the Lord for that. Okay. So let's go on. 16. So now he's going to look back. He says the ladder, just from verse 15, the ladder, and that's the second, the second group, do it proclaiming Christ out of love. So they're proclaiming out of their love. And so let's look at that for a second. So the idea uh, is out of, or ek, out of God's love is the source. And we brings it across, some indeed out of the spirit of love. So, uh, and then we see this, you know, the idea of this, this shows up in various places, uh, in various verses. <clears throat> we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope. And the the other group... Uh, so actually, it gets a little bit when you look across from people talking. Some are using some, some are using other, and your your head kind of gets okay. This is the second group, the second sum. The other group was composed. So here, this is Weist again. So he was the best one I thought as far as trying to. He took a, a shot at. I'm going to try to identify these two groups and what we know from Scripture. So Weist says here the other group was composed of Gentile converts and friends of Paul who were encouraged to preach by the thought that it would give great joy to the great apostle whose liberty was restricted. So they were doing it out of their love, their love for, for the Lord and their love for Paul. Well, Paul's, <laughs> Paul's hindered. Paul can't, yeah, to their mind, he can't get out and preach the gospel. So, so we'll, we're going to support that. We're going to be part of that. And I think that's up to Roy's point. They're, la- they're laboring with, with Paul in the gospel. So I thought his two comments were just just right to the point. So so Weiss kind of identifies the two camps. You got the Judaizers, and you have the uh, mostly Gentile. It seems like converts, and they're they're you know they're both preaching the gospel, but their motivations are different. That's kind of the the, the, the gist of this this whole passage here. And he's going to point something out about these. Um, so this this latter or the second group who proclaim Christ out of love that they know something, they understand something, which Judaizers, the other group, didn't understand. He's going to express that in the rest of this verse here. Knowing that, uh, so that this other sum, they're doing their preaching out of love, but they understood Paul's ministry. They they understood what Paul was about, and it's going to be, this understanding is expressed in the rest of that verse. They understood what Paul was about. What was What was the ministry that God had called Paul to? And so it basically, I am appointed uh, to be set or destined. It's present tense, continuous action, continually doing that. I'm appointed. This is uh, this is what these group of believers knew about Paul. I'm appointed 
And this is a cool, uh, cool word that shows up in other places in Scripture. And here's one of the places. And, and here's a place where Paul's appointed for not only for the preaching the gospel, he's appointed to another thing, which is not, not as pleasant. So at 1 Thessalonians 3, 3, it says, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. So Paul was undergoing afflictions, trials and affliction in his life. For you yourself know that we have been destined or appointed for this. So Paul was appointed for getting out the gospel, and he was appointed and destined to have afflictions. And I, it, <laughs> I know we're all thinking, and that's just like us, right? We're just the same category. Paul is, Paul is not, he, he, he's a super saint in some sense, but he's just like us. We're appointed to tell people about Christ and we're appointed to have afflictions. And God does that. We don't, we don't get to choose our afflictions. <laughs> he chooses them for us in love. Okay. And so he, I'm appointed, in this case, I'm appointed for defense, apologia. <clears throat> it's, it's, and this is really cool, cool, I thought. It's a technical word in the law court speaking of a verbal defense presented by a lawyer who defends his client. So, and if you think of Paul, boy, he is the ultimate person that just look at the, just look at what we're doing in Romans, how careful he is. He goes over and he comes back every possible way you can think of. He, I'm not going to leave any loopholes here. There's not, be no loopholes in my presentation of the gospel, the good news about Christ. I'm going to come from every angle and show you, convince you that this is, this is what you need to believe and trust. So he does that. I am appointed for I'm appointed for defending the gospel, and then it shows up we've had before earlier. Since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of grace of grace with me. Back to that sharing in common with Paul. Okay, so that's sixteen. Uh, any uh, before we go on to seventeen, any thoughts about this? Okay. Oh, okay. It's, Go ahead, it's, Roy. It's made a, a big deal of sometimes how in God's plan uh, we're to be partners with Him of the affliction, but that that partnership of the affliction is maybe overemphasized. Okay. And really, the emphasis is the power of God is demonstrated. And our joy should be the focus of sharing with each other this common fellowship of being a prisoner of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really strongly presented in verse 12. In teaching that, I, it just hit me that I'm, I'm, I'm his prisoner and working together as an instrument that he works through. It's not me, it's him that is glorified. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. The tendency of my sin nature is to be jealous of others that teach the word. And 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 I look at that and I say, that's not of Christ. That's got to be who I was, not him, right? Big right. difference. All right, no, that's good. All right. Other uh, other thoughts? If not we'll uh, we'll go on to seventeen here. 
Okay. <clears throat> so now we're back to the, you know, he's using that idea of form. Now the former, okay, so now we're back to the bad guys. <laughs> the guys and the bad guys. I'm call them that. So the bad guys, the former, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. So this is what we're talking about. So we had them described back in verse 15, envy and strife. Now we see another word that describes them about their selfish ambition. And this is this is where Macaulay, I, thought, I like this, he points out, and I couldn't, I didn't see it either. Uh, he says there's no indication in the context of the message of the each uh, of each of each group basically. Both preach Christ, a fact that's repeated three times. 15, 17, and we'll see it next week in 18. They preach Christ. And Paul never uh he he he's really hard about their motivation. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? But their content, he doesn't he doesn't um, put down their their the content was correct apparently, because he never he doesn't mention their content. But it was a motivation that he was concerned about. Why are you doing this? Why are you preaching Christ? You know, the, the, the Judaizers were preaching Christ to, you know, it was for self-advancement, to be better than Paul, for you know, many, many reasons they had. So I thought that was a really good observation about, about the um, bad guys, so to speak. So were these Judaizers believers? Yes, we can tell they were. Okay, so selfish ambition is the idea <clears throat> idea of self-seeking. Is that you know that they're seeking themselves, that they're seeking to glorify self. Self Vine says self-willed is the underlying word, the self-willed, self-motivated, rather than or not from, uh, not from, and, and he puts in here this idea of pure motives. You know, God desires that we have a motivation. That, that he motivates it. The Holy Spirit motivates it. But, but these guys were not being motivated by the Holy Spirit. We would say they're out of fellowship. We would say that believer is out of fellowship thinking that to glorify himself when 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 Christ is to be glorified. But he 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 says he's got the, the, the first group here doing it from selfish ambition. They're not doing it from pure motive. Their, their motives are not, and the, the word actually is it's akin to being pure. It's, they're not sincere, and we all the time, right? We're you know we're questioning people's sincerity when they do things. Are they sincere about that? Are you is that really what? Are you just doing that to look good, right? More like rivalry, right? Rivalry. It's good, right? Right. They were. I think all kinds of. They were. They were jealous of Paul. They want. They wanted to be the top dog. You know, they, they wanted to be the ones that have the crowds gather around. Hey, Roger. Yes, go ahead. Maybe it would help us to distinguish between the Judaizers who were truly Jews okay. and the Judaizers using, quote, quote, Judaizers that were members of the body of Christ that wanted to inflict circumcision and uh -huh. other things upon the Gentile people. Right. And the only ones that threw him in prison, I don't think they were the believers that did that, they were the ones that were truly Jews that wanted, they didn't want Christ's name to be preached at all. No, no, I agree. Actually, that's a good, uh, that's a good distinction. I didn't really make that clear. You're right. You're right. There's, there's a, a subset of these guys. You now that they, you know, the, the Jewish Christians, so to speak, they wanted to, they said, well, you just can't, you know, grace can't be that gracious. You've got to have these other things in here. 
that yeah. they wanted to impose other things on them, on believers. They were doing right, group and, I'm sorry, right things for the wrong reason. Well, the, 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 they wanted to, you know, you have to be circumcised. Yeah. You have to be, you have to follow the law. You have to do those kind of things. And that's that's what Roy is pointing out. But that's, that's a group that Paul's addressing here, it seems like. That's good. Okay, so he says, <clears throat> uh, the former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition uh, rather than pure motives. And so here's we uh, take on this. Uh, he says, this group apparently was composed of Judaizers, Jews, who taught that Gentiles had to enter Christianity through the gates of Judaism. They wanted to, well, it's fine. You can become a believer in Christ, but you got to do all the rest of the stuff in Judaism. Well, well Paul, Paul was, a, you know, he was really hard about that. He was just, he spent Galatians, you know, and many other, talking about why we don't want to do that, you know. He was hard on Peter when Peter kind of sided with the Jews. Mm -hmm. He said, you can't do that. That's hypocritical. You're not sincere. Go ahead. Jim, had something? Yeah, these, uh, the, the Jews could not get away from the, from the, the, from the law, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, they, uh, they were so, you know, they had centuries of, they had millennia of the law. You know, right. they, they just could not get away from that. You know, it's, they, you have to obey the I law. I know. <laughs> I know. You, know, you have to be uh, Abraham's child and you have to be circumcised. Exactly. You, know? you can't. <laughs> Without those two, how can you be saved? Exactly. Exactly. I know. It is. It is. Uh, and you can you can kind of see that. I mean, I can yeah. I can understand it at some level, but 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 here's Paul who becomes a believer and realizes the unfathomable riches of God's grace and says that you know that's a wrong motivation. You cannot you cannot do that. He's yeah. so he's so hard on those guys. Well, Paul Look. was instructed by the Holy Spirit himself. Exactly. You know, and uh, he was saved by through seeing Jesus. Right, you know, and then, and then you had uh, Jesus' twelve disciples. He instructed those guys very closely for three years. So they and Paul were the only ones who really were firmly fixed in this new covenant, right. basically. You know, and, uh, the rest of them, you might know, <laughs> obey the law. You know? How can how else can you be saved? Right, I know it's uh... <clears throat> well, isn't that that's true of anyone that gets saved today? I mean, once they put their trust in Christ, they don't immediately turn their life around. No. I mean, they've still got all these habits, all these ideas. Even Paul, it took him two or three years uh, right. to, to get Judaism out of, out of him. Right. Absolutely. And, and, then, and, then, and then also, just look at the struggle. The Apostle Paul, who spent three years with the Lord, has, we saw described in, in chapter 7 of, of Romans. I mean, he, just like all of us, oh, yeah. we all struggle with that, that Adamic nature that still is there. We're still, we're still drawn away from Christ, so it's still there. It's good. That's good. Okay, so let's go ahead and, and uh, get this uh, last part of the verse here. Okay, so here's the part that's kind of kind of sad. It's, not, it's bad enough they had the wrong motivations. But just like they, they wanted to, they caused me distress in my imprisonment. Boy, I mean that. Well, but it's not. To, I'm afraid that our fallen nature is not too uh, too pretty. 
Yeah, well, how do you ex- how do you exalt yourself? Most people do it by putting other people down, right. putting, putting the exalted person down, you know, exactly. down below my level, so right. I can be. I so can be so we shouldn't be so surprised when we see our world. And you know, what are people doing? They're putting each other down exactly. as much as they possibly can, climbing on top of other people to get to the top. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Here's Paul in prison. Right. And he's distressed by what's going on outside of prison. I know, right, right. <laughs> I know. Here, well, wouldn't I be? Well, where's my next meal going to come? Yeah, where's my next whatever? And he's falsely so he's accused, and everything else. And he's not depressed about that. I, I don't know. That's uh, pretty amazing. Okay, so he's he's um, so he's a, I, the last one. Verse. We had a question there. Okay, thinking to cause me distress. So thinking is the idea to expect or imagine or suppose. The cause, the idea is to stir up, um, and it's present tense that, you know, thinking to, to, to stir me up, to stir up, uh, distress. And this is this interesting word, uh, philipsis. It's the idea of a pressing in, uh, it's a pressing in. It's like when you're, you'll say, I'm in a tight situation, and you're, you feel constrained. You're, you feel the pre- you say, I feel the pressure of my work. Am I, you know, making money, whatever it might be? I feel this pressure. There's this pressure, and, and that's they they want to cause him distress, a pressure. Like being between a rock and a hard, hard place. place. <laughs> <laughs> so and we'll see this down the road here yes. later in the year. Nevertheless. You've done well to share with me in my affliction. So afflictions are uh, a synonym of this word. Mm-hmm. My afflictions are this pressure. So they're sharing. They're sharing the, the blessings with Paul, and they're sharing the afflictions with Paul in this verse. And, then, and here's the one that always got in here. The momentary light afflictions. Can you describe your life with your precious and light afflictions? At the moment, we think they're pretty heavy. You know, well, well you know, I, you know, I think about you and Lamb, I, you, and, you and Sue. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. to me, that, that's way beyond light afflictions. But anyway, that, but the Lord, but in comparison, you know, he talked, is producing in you an eternal way, uh, eternal way of glory far beyond all comparison. So mm-hmm. he always wants us to compare what's happening now with the future, what, what will be the glory that we'll have in the future. So these momentary, quote, pressures and afflictions. Roger. Yeah, go ahead. Just a thought here that each of us in our family have members who have not believed or trusted in Christ Mm -hmm. or who have believed and then turned away from Christ and gone into error. But And that's an affliction, isn't it? That's a... That's also a, how do I say it? Being a member of God's family, being under him, we share his burden just like he had a a burden for Paul. And he said, why are you persecuting me when he he wanted to Damascus Road? Um, And that's what we're appointed to, the, the suffering of Christ. For each of us, share. Man, isn't that something? Yeah. No, that's great, Ron. That's that's really good. Really good. Another verse. Go ahead. uh, Sure. Just that really is 
saying almost the same thing as 2 Corinthians 4.17 of Romans 8.18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to me. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, he's always said, he's saying, compare, compare where you are now yeah. with this. Compare this. And by doing that, we it causes us to step back and say, well, wait a minute. You know, yeah. this life is temporal. Yes, it's hard, but look at what the future holds right. for those who love him. Yeah. That's what he's constantly wanting us to keep our focus on. Okay, and I have one little thought. I think. In my thing that caused me to stress in my imprisonment, even the least has thinking to raise up additional afflictions to my already existing chains. And you know what? If you notice in the translation, what they've done is the word imprisonment is actually, I think, chains or something like that. So, yeah, that's kind of in my chain, the chains I'm bound up with. Okay, well, I, want to, I want to get this last one before my time runs out here. Okay, so final thoughts. So, this final thought was really interesting. I This, this is from Macaulay, and it's, uh, it's in his, uh, he has a couple different things. This is one that's written down. So, this is kind of cool. They, the ones with the wrong motives, were, listen to this, they were pro-Christ, right? They were believers, right? But anti-Paul, <laughs> pro-Christ, anti-Paul. It's kind of a, it kind of catches your attention there. <clears throat> for those with the wrong motives, for those with the wrong motives, important lessons can be learned. So he has three lessons he says we can learn. I think these are, the more I thought about these, the more I thought they were right on. Okay, the first lesson is impossible for, is first, it is possible, it is possible for men who teach truth to stand in bitter opposition to each other, who teach the same truth. <clears throat> kind of think about that. I think that's, you know, we see godly men many times on different sides of the of issues you know, from Scripture. We'll see that one. And they can be pretty, pretty vehement about that. Okay, second, it's possible to teach the truth from selfish, for selfish reasons. I think that's, that's possible. <laughs> and then thirdly, <clears throat> It's possible for believers to use the suffering of others to promote themselves. And I think the, the last one probably speaks to me the, the most because maybe, maybe in your experience you've seen this too. People will use this phraseology, well, you wouldn't be suffering that if you were, you know, if you were praying more, you know, whatever. Yeah, more, they'll, they'll put the burden on you. Have more faith. Have more faith. Yeah, have more faith. Yeah, they, yeah. they actually are not well taught when they say that. They don't realize, I think, what they're saying. They're kind of saying, if you just were a little bit better taught or understood better, you wouldn't have this problem. Well, first of all, if you, you haven't read your scriptures well, because Christ says in the verse we just read today, you're appointed. You're appointed to trials. Well, wait a minute. What does it have to do with my praying more? having more faith when the Lord says you're appointed to trials. And that makes, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit with God to say that, that you know, your actions are going to change his plan for your life. He has a plan for your life, and he's going to carry it out. And so when you go off that rabbit trail, you're, you know, that's, that's not a good rabbit trail. Anyway, I thought those were interesting. I, I don't, you know, he didn't give a uh, Verses to back those up, but I thought they were just interesting observations about trying to take the text and apply it to. Uh, to uh, you know, hey, Roger. Go ahead. I think there were a lot of Christians in Rome who were wondering, uh, "What did you do wrong, Paul? 
uh, how did you screw up? Absolutely. And, and this whole passage, Paul is trying to tell them that I'm here for the furtherance of the gospel. Exactly. Uh, God put me here. Uh, if he had to put me here, if he would have been able to write the last four uh, right. four books of the Bible. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly why, since the, the, the believer is in God's plan for his life, who are we to say the plan that we, we're living out? We're all living out a plan. Every believer is living out a plan for his life. Who are we to say, well, that shouldn't have happened to me. This should have happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't you can't do that. But say, Lord, this is hard. And you know, but you're I'm gonna trust you. We're gonna I'm gonna walk with you by faith through whatever crawl I have. And yes, it's not pleasant, but I know that you you have a plan for me. <laughs> you know, it involves involves difficulties too so thank you roger that's right on i think thank you so much okay well any final yeah hi miles i just saw you there <laughs> hey i got it can be here <laughs> all right okay well um any other final thoughts or i, I was just thinking if we had to pick our own affliction which ones were we there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if we had to... Yeah. The easy ones. Yeah, of course. Very easy ones. <laughs> well, God is so wise and is with him. He's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't leave that to us. I think that's important to see. If you think that you're in charge of your afflictions or you're guilty for you, that's not, I mean, you, can call, you can cause your own problem. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. You can, you can be in jail for taking stuff, right, or doing bad things. So you, you can't. You can't blame God for that, but if you're, if you're, you know, kind of walking your normal Christian walk, and you have trials and tribulations that you know that you don't know why they happen necessarily, but you trust the Lord that He has a purpose and a plan for all those. Probably wouldn't be any growth involved, would it? That's true. What I found kind of ironic here is that you know these guys are trying to call cause Paul affliction. Paul is the very guy who who knew probably better than anyone how profitable affliction was to right. him that's and good. He's probably just thankful for it <laughs> no that's that's great well actually i'm gonna have to close it out here i apologize it's getting the musicians want to practice here and so okay so let's just close in uh dear heavenly father we thank you lord for today we thank you for the blessings we have in our savior and thank you for your word lord we're so thankful that you're so precise and use Paul and his ministries and his life and imprisonment. He used it for the furtherance of the good news about your son. And we thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.